We're diving deep into the world of offsites today for two reasons. First, they are a powerful way to develop leaders within your organization and build culture. And second, because as hospitality providers, hosting offsites for others is a large and quickly growing source of business. I heard this over and over again from owners and operators last week at the NYU Hospitality Investment Conference, and I also want you to understand what great offsites look like so that you can cater to the people that want to do these at your property. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. Andy Elwood is an executive coach, and there are few better to speak to the power of offsites than him. Whether participating in events on Necker Island with Richard Branson or facilitating executive gatherings for clients, Andy has seen this from almost every possible angle. In this episode, we cover the components of a good offsite, how to encourage participation from everyone, the roles of activities and amenities, and much more. But we start out talking about how to prepare for an offsite. I spend more time doing the prep work than I do at the actual offsite. Even if it's a two-day offsite, I will have done two days of work beforehand. And But I also want to make sure that all voices are heard. Like If, if you're invited to the offsite, your, your voice is on equal playing field with everybody else at the offsite is kind of the approach that I, or at least the space that I want to create. And I do that a lot of times through surveys. You know, I've got a series of 35 to 50 questions that I'll kind of mix and match based on you know the occasion and based on who we're working with. And I'll send it to every single participant. And then I'll get, I'll get it all back. And then in that data is how I'm going to decide the flow of the offsite, right? And so the questions will be on a scale of one to five, this team is really good at feedback, this team holds each other accountable. This team inspires me to do my best work. This team is efficient in, in, in every way possible. Just kind of big statements that end. What's really fascinating is you know, you'll get a range of answers, but sometimes you'll get an answer where one person picked one and another person picked five. Right. And so I'll, I'll go through all 30 something questions that we ask. I'll be like, hey, here's the top 10. Here's the ones that you guys, everybody unanimously gave each other high scores on, you know, did these surprise anybody? Right. And sometimes there's, you know, there's a line where somebody's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we're doing this, but more often it's on the next slide, which is here's the lowest 10 scores. And in those 10 scores, we'll, we'll find a lot of, a lot of meat for the next day, day and a half. But then I will also call out any of the scores that had ones or had fives or had ones and fives. Right. And say, hey, in this room right now, there's somebody who gave a one to this, and there's somebody who gave a five to this. So I just want to let you, we're not going to talk about it. You don't have to identify yourself. But does anybody have a hunch as to why there might be two people in the room who think about it so differently? Right. And, and sometimes somebody's like, I'm the one who gave the one, and here's what I think. Like that's happened a couple of times because, like, that's it was their acts. They showed up to t have that conversation. But I think being able to, to hold space for that. You know, I'm the one who's holding the clicker. Nothing moves on unless I think it's done. And I will sit with an awkward pause for over a minute. And people are just like, dude, like move. But like, there's just something, sometimes I just know that there's one person who hasn't said the thing yet. 
and they the they the thing that's happening in their brain is the pain of the awkward silence at a certain point gets higher than their fear of saying the thing. And so to end the awkward silence, they'll say the thing that needs to be said. And I've had so many people be like, they're like, that was the most painful, awkward silence, but the most valuable thing that I got out of the session. Because a lot of times, you know, the CEO or the the leader of the team who's leading it, they're like, all right, okay, so we're good, right? Everybody's good? But everybody's not good. Seven out of 10 people are good. Nine out of 10 people are good. But that's the value, I think, of having a third-party facilitator. The other thing is that being able to measure the flow of the day, right? And kind of know, Hey, around 1030, we're going to stand up and we're going to move our legs. You know, we're going to do a, like a field game, you know, or like a camp counselor fun session where it has literally nothing to do with what we're doing. It's just team building. But then there's other things, you know, I think that one of my favorite things to do, and it's really powerful is called the artifact dinner. So again, prep work, but everyone is asked to bring something that they can hold in one hand, you know, something small, that tells a story about themselves that everybody at the company doesn't know. And and that's all the instructions there are, right? Is just bring an artifact, bring something you can hold in one hand that represents something about your life, your story, your journey that no one else in the company knows about you. And it's really amazing to see what happens. And that is one place where I will ask the CEO to go first. And I will encourage them to lean towards vulnerability if they can and say, you don't have to contrive something, but if there is something that you as a leader have never really shared with the company, like if you can set the pace, if you can be the first one out of the gate with it, it'd be meaningful for the rest of the evening. And, you know, like I've seen the dinner go for four or five hours and people are just like, wait, can I, can I ask, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question about that? They get into each other's stories there was one company I worked with that had a, a certain executive who literally no one liked. Like I found out in the pre-work that like this one person w- on the team, like he thought that he was like buddy with everybody. And like, I heard from everyone. I was, I was like, so, you know, is there anybody on the team that, you know, is, has been challenging or that you think is not going to enjoy the offset as much? They're like, Oh yeah, this person. And it was unanimous. It was like every other person, and he got up and he shared a story of buying a piece of property for his sister who had had some, some illness. And it was the piece of property that they'd always looked at as kids when they would go to visit their grandmother. And it was an apple farm. And now she runs the apple farm. And it's been a huge part of her healing and a huge part of her like stepping back into society after dealing with mental illness. And now she's found the thing that she's really great at. And her world is pretty confined to that space. But because of the success he was having at this company, he was able to do that. And so he said, I want to say thank you to all of you for making this company so successful that I could provide that for my sister. And the whole table just lost it. Wow. Like just lost it. And they, and, but he, he went like ninth out of 10, you know, hmm. and, he, and he wasn't saying it to be like emotional. He just was like, he said it pretty matter of factly, but everybody else at the table was like, I never do that. And so creating those moments, it's taking time to work on the business instead of working in the business. And it's it's really, really valuable in the same way that we talked about earlier about taking time off for us, taking a team out of the day-to-day and just giving them the chance to interact in a space that is different with a different authority structure, right? By having a facilitator in the room who is the authority for the mm-hmm. day and decides where things happen. 
when everybody gets on the same playing field and all voices are equal, things come up that wouldn't have come up otherwise. And I think that that's, you know, that's something really fun. And for me, you know, as the facilitator, I get to go to cool places all around the world and do these things and stay in amazing hotels and see, you know, and, and curate meals and, and utilize the things that resorts and hotels have available as, all right, this is the setting where we're, we're going to have this conversation and this is the activity we're going to do that's going to lead to to these thoughts. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun for me. It's very top of mind for hospitality leaders because, I mean, they're facing the same organizational dynamics I think that any industry faces, but also for their business. You know, a lot of them are thinking, hey, more people need these gatherings. We could, we have hotels, so, you know, we could be the place where people can get together. I think the facilitating approaches is crucial from what you mentioned. Every organization I've been a part of, one of the biggest challenges is groupthink. And by pulling kind of people from both ends of the spectrum, you're disrupting that groupthink. I'm curious outside of the core sessions themselves, I don't know if any stories come to mind or best practices you found of outside in the evenings, the mornings, the activities, how have those resorts or the spaces you've been in been conducive to the goals for the offsite? Yeah, I think that making sure that there's breakout space, either having a room that's big enough to to allow you know, small group breakouts or being able to have, you know, maybe, you know, side rooms or smaller spaces, you know, I think is a really important piece of the puzzle for the way that I like to lead things. Cause I like to constantly shuffle people and, and break people up, you know, into, into different groups, you know, and it'll be like, I'll go through and I'll say, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to read three statements. If the statement is something that you agree with stand up, I'll be like, NSYNC is better than Backstreet Boys. And it's incredible how many people have an opinion about this. So I'm like, okay, NSYNC over there, Backstreet over there. All right. Um, you know, have, have downloaded the new Taylor Swift album. And then now we've got four groups, right? So people that love Backstreet Boys and have downloaded Taylor Swift, and et cetera, right? And then it's like, and play a musical instrument. And now, now we have eight groups. And it's amazing, like, you know, how you can kind of like, and it's not far off the breakdown of like those groups in being equal, but then we'll split them out into eight groups and have, you know, like a 15 minute activity. And then one person becomes the representative from that group to come back in. And so being able to give, you know, either have enough space to get them up from the tables. Don't sit at your table the whole time, right? But like, go, hey, go take a walk. Walk around the grounds. You've got 20 minutes. And, and it's cool. The people who stick closest to home tend to have less creative answers than those that go for a walk, those that go explore the grounds, those that get further away. And I think that as a facilitator, I do my best to learn everything I can. That's like a five-minute walk from wherever I am. I always fly in a day early, usually, or at least get there hours earlier than the clients do. Just because I want to make sure that I, I understand, you know, I'll ask the the GM, hey, what's what's the coolest spot that you've ever seen a team pick a team photo taken? Where is a meaningful place to have a quiet conversation, right? Things like that. And I think that for anybody who's trying to attract those types of events, being able to like say, hey, if your team wants to have the best group photo, here we've we've got three different locations. If you want to have an intimate moment that's not just in your conference room, that looks like every other conference room. It, I, no offense to anybody, but like they all look the same, right? They all have foldable, removable walls, right? They're not that unique. It doesn't matter what clever name you put on the outside. It's it's still a conference room with with leather chairs and a glass tabletop and water glasses, right? But like what happens outside of those spaces is, I think, where a lot of the magic is is possible. And what are the kind of uh, 
role of, of amenities or activities as part of these offsite? You know, is there anything you look for or you've appreciated in the places you've been? I think that, that something about a vista or a view, right? Like the ability to like get up high and see something, you know, and just give people a space to like, hey, everyone line up on the railing and like take three deep breaths. Can reset, can reset a whole afternoon, right? All right, everybody, after this, we're coming outside and like three deep breaths and then we go back inside, done. That's way better than a coffee break. And I think that, that being able to know what's at, what's available to you, what's at your fingertips is something that I think is really important and, and be able to, and if you're the, if you are the mm. property be I able love to, it. to suggest it, be able to say, Hey, we're going to have the food. We're going to have the coffee. We're going to have the, you know, the, the break that we talked about. But if you want to build it into your time, you know, there's a really quick trail walk that just around the pond, but there's, there's a view that a lot of people just don't, they don't get to, they don't know that there's, that they should go see that view. And it's really great around four o'clock in the afternoon or really great at 8 a.m. in the morning or whatever it is. And if you just say that to the facilitator or to the person who's making the booking, you know, they, then they tell the facilitator, hey, we want to make sure that we build in this break. We heard that this is an awesome thing that happens around this time of day. You know, or something special we do here is, you know, every day takes a shot of fireball at 6 p.m. Like what, I mean, whatever it is, like literally like make it the thing that's special to your spot. Um, I think is a, is a cool is because that's what people remember, right? They remember the, the quirky, like, yes, they will do the thing with the notepads and they will do the thing with the post-it notes, but ultimately like, they're like the, yeah, but this is our group photo. Like that was really cool. You got to create those peak moments, right? Peak moments matter a lot. If you're a host, if you're a provider of hospitality, what I'm hearing from you is anticipating, you know, here is what a person participating in this event um, is going to need, what they're going to look for. You're creating surprise and delight. That's hospitality at its best, right? If you care about hospitality, I want you to check out the Masters of Moments podcast by my friend Jake Wurzak. Jake has appeared on Hospitality Daily a number of times because few people have the perspective he does as both an owner, he's the founder and CEO of Dove Hill Capital Management, and as a hospitality operator with Wurzak Hotel Group. Jake pulls from all of these experiences to host the Masters of Moments podcast, where he interviews top leaders in hospitality. His conversations with Bashar Wali and Matt Marquis are a great place to start. But also check out his solo episodes on how he underwrites investment deals to the deep dive he did on GP fees that you should know about. I'll link to all these episodes in the show notes, and I encourage you to subscribe to the Masters of Moments podcast in Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you can learn from the best hotel investors and operators in the world today. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in this show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. Tomorrow.